So when you follow Jesus, you can hear his voice. You will know in an indistinguishable way how God is speaking to you. So the shepherd comes through the gatekeeper. He speaks to his sheep and they follow him out. And he calls his own sheep to follow him. Who is Jesus? This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Jesus had many confrontations with the leaders in his day who questioned his identity. Today, David takes us to John chapter 10, where we see Jesus disclose his identity as the gate and the good shepherd in part one of a message called, The Most Important Question You Will Ever Answer. Hi everyone, I'm going to preach today from John the 10th chapter, verses one through 21. It is a fascinating oversight from Jesus about who we are as sheep, who he is as our shepherd and his formation of the sheepfold called the church. That's the three divisions today. Before I begin, could we pray? Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, thank you for the privilege of preaching. I pray that I exegete and speak this text faithfully to the listeners and viewers here right now. And would you, Lord, above all, be pleased. I really am playing to an audience of one, Lord. I hope that what I say helps people grow in you and ultimately give their lives away. But honestly, Father, my heart is just to please you. And I know that as I play to an audience of one, that others who are watching right now and listening to what I'm about to say would be blessed because of my heart for you. So use this for your glory, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the privilege of preaching. I take this call very seriously that began in 1976. Thank you for the ways it continues to be fulfilled even to this day. I pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go to God's Word in John the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 21. Let me just, first of all, give you the context of these verses. Jesus in John 9 had healed the man born blind, and there was a furious conversation between him and his neighbors, between him and the religious leaders, between the religious leaders and his parents, and then Jesus finds him once he'd been excommunicated from the temple because he expressed faith in Jesus as the living God of the universe. Jesus finds him and encourages his heart to continue to believe in him. The religious leaders ask the question, well, if you say you're the light of the world, what does that mean for us? We don't believe in you. And Jesus basically said, I'm in your midst. I am the light of the world. If you believe in me, it proves that that light has penetrated your darkness. If you don't believe in me, that proves that darkness still dwells in your heart. And then that ends chapter 9, and then chapter 10 begins, and it looks like it's a continuation of this diatribe between Jesus and the religious leaders. It looks like he's speaking directly to them in some profound ways. Now, that is the context of these verses. And again, they address sheep, that's us. They address the shepherd and under-shepherds, those whom Jesus calls to oversee the sheep, and then also the sheepfold, the church that Jesus forms for his sheep to live in. So that's the division, and we look at some interesting thoughts about sheep. By, by the way, before I begin, just two that come to mind. One is, do you know the animal? that is most often mentioned in the Bible. And if you would say sheep, you're absolutely correct. 
Over 400 times sheep are alluded to in the Bible. That's purposeful because, again, we are like sheep who have gone astray to use a biblical insight. But secondly, what's also interesting is that not only are sheep mentioned over 400 times in the Bible, I think the existence of sheep disproves largely the whole theory of evolution because sheep need shepherds, men, women to oversee them in order to exist. Unless there were humans, sheep could not exist. They would die out on their own. But the very fact that humans oversee sheep, shepherds oversee sheep, and they continue to exist from generation to generation, from generation to generation, since almost day one, we see the reality that God is the one who formed sheep. He made shepherds over them, and they exist because shepherds exist. So let's move into this whole understanding of sheep today, and we need to take a glance back and understand in the Old Testament, we see constantly God as a shepherd. When Israel comes out of Egypt and the captivity there, God is called a shepherd over his sheep. Uh, You see David, uh, the second king of Israel, called a shepherd king throughout the Bible. Uh, You also see in Psalm 23, 1, this famous verse, the Lord is my shepherd. God is a shepherd. So that understanding of God as shepherd is throughout the Bible, and we'll look in a moment at Ezekiel 34, where the under-shepherds, those whom the great shepherd put in authority over the sheep of Israel, were faithless in every possible way. So when Jesus is alluding here to the whole idea of a shepherd and sheep, the people readily understood that analogy. They lived in a generally rural agrarian society where sheep existed in great numbers and shepherds were to oversee them. Now, with that as background information, let's jump into the text today. Verses 1 through uh, 6 look at sheep, and they give us great insights into sheep. And you need to know sheep are probably the dumbest animals on the face of the earth, and how they're used analogously for humans is probably a right analogy. Uh, We're dumb in our own wanderings as well, wandering away from God thinking we can live on our own and we need a shepherd. So Jesus jumps in with some great insights about sheep. Here's the first one. He begins, truly, truly, I say to you, So he's speaking the you there, plural you in the Greek, to the Pharisees, the religious leaders with whom he had been talking with throughout John the ninth chapter and in other places. And he says, truly, truly, listen up. This is accurate. So the first insight here is that Jesus is saying, I have authority over you religious leaders. And what I have insight over should say to you what is truth, truly, truly. And sheep need truth. Sheep wander in their wanderings. Sheep need absolute truth, and Jesus is saying so right here. Truly, truly, I say to you, religious leaders, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So that's fascinating as Jesus begins this teaching with an understanding of how sheep were gathered at the end of the day. 
they would be placed in a large sheepfold with other sheep from that community. And then there would be a gatekeeper who was hired to make sure that no predators or thieves could get into the sheepfold. And he would be guarding the door every single night to make sure those sheep were safe in every possible way. So the only way the shepherd could get to the sheep is through the gatekeeper and that one door of opening where the sheep went in and then came out the next morning. Now, Jesus knew, though, there were thieves and robbers that would try to climb the walls during the night and steal the sheep. They were more concerned with using the sheep for their own personal gain than loving the sheep like a shepherd would love them. Jesus is obviously insinuating here that the religious leaders, the Pharisees, were these kinds of people who were using the people for their own self-aggrandizement. And there's another place in the Gospel of John where Jesus says the Pharisees loved money. They were really about using sheep for their own personal gain. They would go into the sheepfold by another way rather than through the gate and the gatekeeper who would guard the sheep and the shepherd would only have access again to the sheep through the gatekeeper. And to him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep, verse 3, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So, When the shepherd would come to the gatekeeper, and some people wonder parabolically and symbolically if maybe the gatekeeper is God the Father who allows Jesus the Son to have access to his called out sheep who will be with him forever, the shepherd would come to the gatekeeper in the morning after a night, and he would want his sheep to come then be with him out into the larger pasture area where it was spacious and the sheep could graze on green grass and rest beside still waters for the rest of the day. And the shepherd's responsibility was to lead them there. Now, the gatekeeper would know several things about the shepherd. First of all, his voice and his voice alone would call his sheep out from among all of those others in the sheepfold to come to the pasture that he had chosen for them that day. His voice. These sheep had recognized that the voice of the shepherd was the only voice they would follow. In fact, there's an interesting story from World War II where some shepherds in an area had Nazi soldiers come in and try to steal their sheep. And as the sheep were being forced away by the Nazi soldiers, the shepherd would simply call out each sheep by their name. And the sheep would know that voice because they'd spent so much time with the shepherd and they turned around from the Nazi soldiers and ran back to the shepherd. It got ridiculous. The soldiers realized there was no way they could get the sheep to follow them because they knew the shepherd's voice. You need to know this. Four times in John 10, it says that we as God's sheep who know Jesus personally know his voice. We'll talk more about that next week upon how to know the voice of the Lord. But just know right now, Jesus loves you. And if he lives inside your heart, he has a voice that he speaks to you in. And you learn to recognize that voice among the cacophony of voices that are in our culture. I just know in July 1976, in my most pregnant moment of seeking God, I heard a voice. And whether it was audible and others could hear it, I don't know to this day, but I heard a voice and it said, David, I am calling you to be an under-shepherd of my sheep in your church. 
That's all I know. And I heard that voice, and through the last 40-plus years as I have tried to follow Jesus and serve his church as an under-shepherd, I know that voice. It doesn't happen often, but when God speaks to me, it is clear. So when you follow Jesus, you can hear his voice. Again, next week we'll look at the ways that can happen, but you will know in an indistinguishable way how God is speaking to you. So the shepherd comes through the gatekeeper. He speaks to his sheep, and they follow him out. And he calls his own sheep to follow him. Here's another insight you need to have. The Bible says those of us who love Jesus, we are not our own. We were bought with a price. We are owned by the Father in heaven through Jesus Christ. We're owned by him. We're not on our own. We're owned by him. And interestingly, here the shepherd calls out his sheep, and they know that they are owned by him. They belong to him. There's no other shepherd to whom they belong. They belong to him. Jesus is our shepherd. We know his voice. We belong solely to him, and he knows us finally by name. Again, the shepherd would get permission to enter the sheepfold through the gatekeeper. He would speak their name and lead them out. Dear friends, you are owned by Jesus. He speaks to you in a voice that you can recognize, and thirdly, he calls you by name. He knows you by name. In Ephesians 1.4, that verse says that God knows our name before the universe was ever created, before this world ever became in existence. God knew our name personally. We were named by the Father in heaven before this world was ever created. And then once we're here, he continues to know that name. Isaiah 43, 1, God calls us and redeems us by our personal names. So the next time you feel down, remember, he speaks to you. He owns you, and thirdly, he calls you by name. He knows your name personally. You're not in a religion obeying rules and regulations to try to please some way out there God. You're in a personal relationship with the living Father of the universe who loves you deeply, wants to speak with you, owns you, and calls you by name constantly. And you can hear his voice calling your very name right now if you're quiet enough, long enough to listen to him. And then he leads them out. Here's a great insight. Did you know that God is our shepherd, leads us out? That means he's always one, two, three steps ahead of us. In fact, one of the great insights I recently had was to think, God is not only ahead of me two and three steps today, God is in my tomorrow. Think about that. God is in your tomorrow. That after you leave today and you enter your tomorrow, Jesus is already there waiting for you. He leads us out. He has the next step covered. He knows to where he's leading us, and wherever we may go in our future, he's already there. It's a great insight for the love of the shepherd for all of us and all of these sheep Jesus is talking about then. Verse 4, when he has brought out all of his own. That, that, that word brought out is an interesting word. It's a violent term. It's a similar term to the whole idea of being snatched out of this world when Jesus returns. Uh, when Jesus brings us out of that sheepfold, sometimes we're reluctant. We like the comfort of the little sheepfold, and the shepherd has to yank us out and bring us to a new place. Maybe God's taking you to a new place right now, and it wasn't very much fun being brought out of the old place to the new place, and he violently brings you out of your former sheepfold that was comfortable, taking you to a place you don't know. Don't despair, because the shepherd knows the pasture to where he's taking you. He 
brought them out, all his own, again, those he owns personally, and he goes before them, that whole idea that he steps ahead of us, knows our tomorrow, knows our future, and the sheep follow him. Here's the question. If Jesus is our shepherd, do you believe you're following him faithfully? As he commands you to follow him, that really is the directive of Jesus to all of his sheep, follow me, do as I do act as I act. Obey me as I obey what the Father tells me to do. Are you faithfully following Jesus? Every good, faithful sheep follows the shepherd, for they know his voice. There's the second time that idea is mentioned. They follow the shepherd because they literally hear his voice, and they know how much he loves them, so they can follow him faithfully. Look at verse 5. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Uh, So if the sheep has someone coming to them who is not a kind, good, loving shepherd, not a shepherd who to whom they had been given. They recognize that stranger's wrong voice, and they will not follow him. Folks, for all of us, we have a shepherd named Jesus, and he speaks to us primarily through his word. Truly, truly, I say to you, there's truth in this book. This is one of the major ways that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word and in the truth of his word. We follow the word, not the world. And here, when the shepherd Jesus speaks to his people through his word and other ways, we follow his truth. If any other person comes claiming to be a right shepherd of Jesus and calls us to follow him, but is contrary to this book, his voice does not equate to what is taught here. We should not follow him. We will not follow him. Jesus says his true sheep know his voice and will not follow the voice of a stranger. This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Thanks for listening. Coming up, David joins me in the studio in a discussion about the incomprehensible value of mothers. We'll be right back. This is the Ministry Minute, focusing on ministries that have a positive impact on our community. I'm Mark McManus, and with me today is Bart Noonan with West Boulevard Ministry. Bart, tell us about West Boulevard Ministry. Uh, Thank you, Mark, for this opportunity to speak about West Boulevard Ministry, and, and more importantly, about Jesus Christ. West Boulevard Ministry serves the spiritual and physical needs of the families and the communities within the West Boulevard quarter to the glory of Jesus Christ. Whether we're doing neighborhood outreach cookouts, gatherings where we're bringing people outside of their apartments, their homes, into fellowship with one another, or we're doing Bible study bingo the first Wednesday of every month at Little Rock Apartments. And uh, we gather anywhere from 50 to 70 children that we share the gospel with and we play bingo after our Bible study portion of the night. And a couple weeks ago, there's a young man who we've been walking with now close to three years who came in, he, he forgot something, like a lot of young, young kids do, he forgot something in the um, space, and he came back in and he ended up praying out myself and all the other volunteers for the West Boulevard ministry team that were gathered there for that night and led us all in prayer and closed it out. And this young man, we've been taking to church every every Sunday for about the past year and a half. And, and that's what it's all about. It's about providing an opportunity for Jesus Christ to work inside someone's heart and, and then encourage them along the way. That sounds great. Now, Bart, if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, how would they do that? 
The best way to do is uh, either email myself at bart at westboulevardministry.org or they can call me straight up in my cell phone and I always answer. I'm sort of like a doctor. The phone's always on and that's 980-298-9027. I would encourage folks too to also go to our website, which is westboulevardministry.org and there you can see some of our photo galleries. You can see some of the blogs and a lot of things we do throughout the West Boulevard Corridor to the glory of Jesus Christ. It is great having you with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. I'm Jen Houston, and with me today is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Hello, Jen. It's great being with you as well. Well, in this morning's e-devotion, you wrote a Davidism titled, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the Hand That Rules the World. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Oh, well, it's one I really believe in, and it's a way to honor all the moms out there, those who may think that they're not very effective, those who did the best job they could. Uh, The truth is, moms are so important in our world, and I wanted to take a moment to honor them today with this Davidism, if you will, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. We might want to look at Mary today, Jen, you know, in Mm -hmm. Luke chapters one through three, the birth narrative. Uh, Why did God choose her? There must have been something of a real godly nature in her that God wanted her to be the one who would raise his son. Um, She was only a teen, probably a young teen, when she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, but yet God chose her. What a magnificent choice Mm. on his part. So Jesus, the Savior of the world, given to Mary. Uh, Mary writes the Magnificat in response to that. It's a glorious hymn, if you will, that speaks of her desire to glorify God alone. And that's probably why God chose her, because of her Mm. deep heart to glorify him. Mary did glorify the Lord in raising Jesus, I think, with a godly hand and a firm oversight, teaching him probably the scriptures, making sure he went to synagogue, also being under some kind of rabbinical training himself because he knew the scriptures so well. He must have had a godly mom and dad leading him as well. Uh, The reason I think that God chose Mary is because she loved the Lord so much herself with all her heart, soul, mind, and might. So at the foot of the cross, who is there? Mary. Jesus' mom, and Jesus loved her so much, he wanted to make sure she was cared for by telling John, who was the only disciple at the foot of the cross, everybody else had fled, but saying to John, hey, behold your mom. Mom, behold your son. He was making sure that his mom would be cared for for the rest of her life. Honor your mom and dad. One of the Ten Commandments, Jesus made sure he did so with his mom. Why? Because she was a great mom. Mm. She was godly and good in every Mm. possible way. And Jen Houston, you're a great mom. You love your kids deeply. Mm. You were telling me just recently about how your daughter won her first (laughs) volleyball game and you couldn't have been more proud. And that's what parents do. They love their kids and love when they they succeed. Mm, thank you so much, David. Thank you for saying that. Well, I'm also reminded as you read through this account of Mary, you know, Jesus in Matthew 23, 37 and 39 says, how often I've desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. And just that to me is a sign of comfort and protection. And so there really is something powerful about the love of a mother and how she can comfort children. And it's it's being a mom, I'm so hard on myself. I really, I really don't feel like I win often. Well, the, the <laughs> fact that you wonder if you're a good mom shows you are. Mm. The very fact that you're concerned about it means you put the effort in to make it happen. And that's the most important thing in all of our life in Christ, especially with being a good mom, 
is do you want to? Mm. And if you have that desire, you will be. And something else I wanted to mention, just because you did, uh, God is called Father in the Bible. No question there are those masculine tendencies, mm-hmm. but you know there are also mama tendencies given to God by Jesus in the passage you just noted when he said to Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather you under my wings as a mother hen does her brood, mm-hmm. that both of those are part of God's nature, his masculine and feminine qualities found in our gender separations here on this planet. But nevertheless, it is important to note that God loves us like a mama Mm. loves her chicks and brood. So good. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, thank you, Jen. And if any of you'd like to receive these daily Davidisms, please go to momentsofhopechurch.org. Subscribe there free of charge from my heart to yours every morning to begin your day with a moment of hope. This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. We would love to have you join us for worship this Sunday morning. We meet at Providence Day School located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte at 10 a.m. You can find more information on our website, momentsofhopechurch.org. Again, come join us Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Providence Day School, located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte. Our web address is momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston asking you to pray for those battling with COVID-19. 